Hello guys and welcome back to a new podcast episode. Today I'm going to be talking about the semi-final match from tonight. Um, some new transfer news and some new topics. And let's get on with it. Alright, so let's start off small. We'll go on to the Argentina match later. First, we should go with Belgium head coach advertisement. I think a couple of episodes I did talk about Roberto Martinez leaving. Uh, he was a very good manager. Obviously, they uh, were knocked out in the group stages. Uh, after drawing 0-0 in their final match, um, unable to be qualifying to the uh, round of 16 stages. Um, and obviously, he did resign straight after that. Um, he stepped down. Um, the Royal Belgian Football Association say that they're looking for candidates who know how to win. Uh, not necessar- necessarily implying that he didn't really will uh, win much. Obviously, Belgium haven't won a single international trophy since the 1972 um, Euros. So they need a new manager who can actually win trophies consistently, maybe every decade or so, um, maybe even getting a really good result per tournament. I'm not sure how they could um, implement their strategies of a manager into the uh, players. Um, They said that they want to be extremely ambitious with necessary international experience at top level. Football, tactical knowledge and insights, as well as the right personal skills, um, also portraying that maybe they could uh, get someone that has already been in the top scene, already knows how to um, manage a really big club or even a um, really big um, international team. You never know who they'll uh, get. It's 10th January 20, 2023 deadline. They have a very long time, um, just under a month. So, yeah, anyone could do it. They did come third in the 2018 World Cup. Um, so... They lost 2-0 in Qatar um, to Morocco and only scored one goal in the whole tournament, which is why they were out in the group stage. Um, but obviously, like I just said, in 2018 World Cup, they did very well, came third place, um, uh, really well to them, beat England in the um, third and fourth place, obviously. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's not too surprising, not been performing at any tournaments, really, really. Not really much in the Euros, um, didn't, didn't see Belgium much. Um, and also, obviously, now in the Nations League and World Cup, nothing really going on. Uh, Belgium also being knocked out of the Nations League and uh, knocked out in the group stage of um, the World Cup. So, I guess it makes sense for Roberto Martinez to, um, you know, step down. Um, I personally think that if such a big manager steps down, this could... Even let's say I think Germany's manager might go down. Um, you know, all the other big teams, this could like not inspire them, but it could tell them like it's, it's not wrong to step down, really. Obviously, if a big team has not done much, it people obviously blame it onto the manager, not onto the players, depending on the situation. But um, yeah, he what he's Spanish, um, he's 49 years old. He was appointed in only 2016. And his team did uh, top the world rankings from September 2018 to March 2022. So they were first in the world. Um, obviously, moved down. I'm guessing they're probably, I haven't checked, but they must be sixth or seventh now um, because they did not even come top. Uh, well, they didn't even qualify to round of 16. So, yeah, I doubt they're going to be top anymore. I know they aren't because um, it was Brazil for a while, but they're obviously out in the quarters losing against um, Morocco. So, um, I personally think that, uh, sorry, not Morocco, Croatia. <laughs> don't know why I said Morocco. Um, but yeah, I personally think that they'll, they will get another good manager. 
my thoughts are not too open right now. I don't know who they could sign. Obviously, they're going to sign someone good because it's Belgium. I don't, um, you can't say no to um, you know, managing a, such a big international club like that. Um, maybe I would say uh, some. I mean, even a Premier League manager wouldn't even do bad. But like Belgium's um, Royal Belgium Federation. Um, sorry, uh, association, they did say they're looking for candidates that have um, experience at a top level, so you never know, I don't know, maybe some Belgian legend um, in the in the past could maybe, um, you know, just interview for the job, I don't really know, I'm just guessing here, but um, yeah, that's my final thoughts, and we'll move on to the next topic. <laughs> Right, so moving on to Hugo Lloris, and uh, he had exchanged some texts with Harry Kane after France beat England on Saturday 2-1. Uh, people that, obviously, I think everyone knows that uh, Kane did miss a penalty for England to go through, um, which did cause him to lose 2-1, obviously. And um, obviously, he was visibly upset straight after the penalty. Um, I think there was some controversy about Mbappe just laughing at him, stuff like that. But after the game, because Lloris and um, Kane obviously play on the same team for Tottenham in the Premier League, uh, Kane being the skipper and striker and um, uh, Hugo Lloris being the goalkeeper for Tottenham's uh, first choice. So he said it was a if- difficult time for England and Harry. He, uh, he said we have a text after the game. It was not easy to find the words. He said he needed some rest. And he said he, th- he thinks he can be proud of what he has done for the national team. Um, he doesn't doubt Harry Kane's ability and he he thinks that um, Harry will keep his chin up and help Tottenham and the national team shine. Very nice words from Hugo Lloris. Obviously, being teammates, it, it makes no difference. It's still the World Cup, still on the main stage, but uh, maybe the biggest um, tournament in sport history. He he said he doesn't like um, hostile. He's talking about uh, Mbappe here because uh, that is negative. They have great support, which is useful uh, for him. But um, he said that you shouldn't you shouldn't be celebrating against like. Even if you score, um, and it, it was let's say um, Hurricane did score that goal, the reaction wouldn't be like that. The French people reaction wouldn't be like because he missed. Everyone was laughing at him, making fun of him, jokes about him, um, and uh, yeah, he was he was um, obviously on Twitter and stuff like that. Hurricane just he just didn't talk on there. Uh, upset, he just wanted to almost like go into the um, into the shade. Just don't want to talk about it. But that happens to all the big players. I mean, it was. I don't think that's one of the. It's not the biggest miss he's had. Um, I can't think of any others to be honest. So it could be, but that always happens to everyone. That happens to all the biggest football players: Ronaldo, Messi, um, Mbappe. Um, you know, Suarez. All of those players all have one miss. You put your head down. You work hard. Keep your chin up. Um, and yeah, you you obviously bounce back from it. In, I mean, I think Harry Kane has one more World Cup at least, so he could. Pre- he's obviously insane player, very very good striker. Um, bad gold when he wants to. So yeah, I'm hoping he has one more World Cup, and if he does, um, yeah, he would easily perform in the World Cup. And I I have no doubt he won't do bad. Uh, here I just have a snippet of the press conference of Hugo Lloris talking about it. Good morning, Vincent Garcia, l'équipe. So France against Morocco is a football match, but it's also a duel between Ashraf Hakimi and Kylian Mbappe. They are teammates, they're friends. 
um, and uh, you um, had that experience against Harry Kane in the last match and it worked out pretty well for you. Is it really tough to play against a friend? And um, can you give any advice um, uh, to uh, Killian to put his emotions to one side? I think the match is going to take precedence quite naturally, even though you might be friends off the pitch. If you're involved in a World Cup match and you're representing your country, then that takes precedence and uh, your competitive spirit takes over. All right, by the way, that press conference was being translated into English. That's why it sounded like two guys were speaking at the same time. Uh, but yeah, that's just clarify. And for the last topic today, Argentina, Croatia, first semi-finals. Uh, a masterclass from Argentina, um, 3-0 Argentina against Croatia. Croatia didn't perform up to the standards I, I really expected. Uh, but the goal scorer is Lionel Messi getting a penalty. I didn't really understand the penalty. I was watching the match. Um, what happened was, um, I think it was Alvarez, he ran for the ball um, and just clattered into the goalkeeper. But the goalkeeper didn't mean to foul him. He just he kind of ran into him on purpose, as it looked like. Um, can't point fingers, but um, yeah, they did earn a penalty from that. And Messi sent him the wrong way, scoring on the, uh, I think it was middle left, bottom left-ish. Uh, so yeah, good goal from him. Lucky Croatia, I guess. Then... The rest is just Union Alvarez. Insane performance from him. Uh, just five minutes later, he scores a goal, um, runs past a player, but it just hits the guy, uh, the Croatian defender's chest. It does that exactly again to another defender, hits his chest, and uh, atrocious um, defending from Croatia. Uh, and then um, uh, Alvarez gets the ball and just taps it past the keeper and goes in, making it 2 0. Then in the 69th minute, um, uh, he scores one more time to get another goal. Um, yeah, absolute insane banger goal. Uh, bomb right, good good goal from him. Um, but yeah, in my opinion, Julian Alvarez is very, very um, good player. He, he's underrated. Um, I, I can't say he's the best. He's better than most of the players on the Argentinian lineup. But um, yeah, he's young, underrated. You never know what will happen with him. Um, obviously, he's up and coming. Um, you never really know how someone can end up. Maybe he just doesn't perform for Man City. You never know. He's a class player. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm just going to go through the lineups and what happened. Uh, so the yellow cards were equal um, for Croatia, Kovacic and Livakovic, the goalkeeper and uh, Chelsea player. Uh, the goalkeeper got it for the first um, penalty. He got a yellow card for that. And then Kovacic got it for, um, I think, a foul on someone uh, on the McAllister, I'm not sure. Um, but for Argentina, uh, both centre-backs got it, Otamendi and Romero. One of them was uh, for a slide tackle and the other one I'm not sure what it was for. But um, yeah, they still won. Uh, I guess Croatia did technically have more chances. They had 12 uh, to Argentina's nine uh, shots on target, but that was a completely different story. Argentina had seven, they had two. Bef uh, same with um, possession. Croatia had 61%, Argentina's mere 39%. Passes, again, uh, Croatia have double that, um, double Argentina's passes. Um, then fouls, uh, Argentina had a lot more fouls, 15. But um, that's what you got to do, really, to 
not let a different team score. Well done to Argentina. Now they are in the finals tomorrow, 7 o'clock, France-Morocco. Predictions, I I said France. Morocco could outshine them. You never know. Um, personally, I, I'm not a big Argentina-Messi fan, so didn't really want them to win. But yeah, now they are in the final since 2014. So maybe they could actually win it for once. Uh, but yeah, France and Morocco, both difficult opponents. Obviously, Morocco would be the easier choice for them, um, for Argentina. But, you know, France, they could obviously just play their normal football and go through to the World Cup finals. All right, thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. Um, one the new thing going on. This is my new setup. I got a new mic, got a new whole uh, setup. Um, uh, hopefully you can see a difference. I am trying to make it a bit better. I'm going to try and take this more seriously. Um, I really like podcasting. It's a fun hobby to do. Um, yeah, I um, will be going over the World Cup semi-finals of tomorrow, talking about some more stuff. Please stay tuned, rate five stars, and have a good night. Yeah.